I'm Coach Seb, and this is Running New Mexico. All right, joining me today is Erica Larson Barron. She is a Los Alamos National Laboratory chemist. She is also a five-time winner of the Pikes Peak Marathon, um, two-time Leadville Marathon winner, uh, five-time La Luz champ, been a national, on this national snow team, snowshoe team, uh, the mountain running team champ, um, and, and a lot. So hopefully we can we get a chance to cover it all. But thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, before we get started, I, I want to shoot out just a, a quick little shout out to uh, Travis <laughs> McWhorter uh, at Trail Running Trav on Instagram. He uh, gave me your name to kind of look up. So quick shout out to him as we get started. And, uh, you know, my first question is, how did you get into running? Um, well, I, I started running, I guess, when I went into junior high. Um, I think I just, I just wanted to be in a sport for every season. And in the fall, cross country sounded like fun. Um, in the winter, I went out for basketball. And then in the, the spring, I did track. Um, and I, I did that through junior high. And then by the time I got to high school, I kind of figured out that um, maybe basketball wasn't wasn't the best thing for me. I I'm not very tall, and I was good at running around the court and not getting tired as quickly as everybody else. But it was pretty easy to block my shots. So at that point, I decided. Um, maybe to just stick with the running. And so then in high school, I was in cross country and track and I, I just really enjoyed it. And I, I liked competing and I just never stopped doing it. Did you have um, other family members that were runners as well? No, nobody um, was running in my family. So I'm not sure why I picked that. Um, I'm glad I did because it's, it's a really good it's been a really good fit for me and and I really like doing it and it's just had so many health benefits you know on top of that that I just really like having that as as part of my lifestyle and not you know it's not just about competing for me but but just the whole lifestyle of it really appeals to me I think a lot of runners can you know, fall into that same category of, you know, the competing is fun, absolutely. But especially as you get older and, and can see the health benefits, it is, um, you know, it's just another reason to, to continue it. Yeah, I agree. And so, you know, once you were kind of competing in in middle school and then, and then high school, um, where was this? Because I know you're not originally from New Mexico. Um, it was in Wisconsin, uh, Fond du Lac. It's on the eastern side of the state, probably halfway between Milwaukee and Green Bay. Okay. And I, I'm assuming it was pretty flat there? 
Yes, especially um, especially in Fond du Lac. You know, there's some there's some hilly areas in, in other parts of the state. Um, there's a lot of places where the landscape was shaped by the Ice Age. So one of the big trails there is the Ice Age Trail. Um, and those areas are, are pretty hilly, but yeah, right in Fond du Lac is about as flat as, as you can get. <laughs> and did you have a lot of success running, you know, in high school or, or were you just enjoying it? Yeah, I, I had some success. Um, once I, you know, once I figured out that the, the distance running was for me, I, I remember my first year of track back in junior high you know they have you try all these different things like you know long jump and high jump and sprinting and so it it didn't take me too long to figure out that if you have a vertical jump that's just a little bit bigger than a negative number that probably like the high jump is not very good or you know some of the sprinting races you know when it takes you a mile to warm up the hundred is is not a good event so <laughs> then you know i think once even in, in junior high once i transitioned to the to the longer um events then then it was obvious that that was a really good place for me to be i was lucky enough that they still have the two mile in junior high um, because even then I felt like the mile was, was kind of a sprint. Right. Um, but you know, after I, I went to high school at some point, I think they discontinued that and they, they just had the mile. And so then in high school, I, I kept doing cross country and track. Um, I got to go to the state meet in cross country a couple times, I guess, and in track once there are some really good runners there. To compete against when I was in high school, um, a little before, a little before I got into high school, um, Susie Faber or Susie Hamilton was running. I think she was a senior when I was a freshman. Wow! Um, and then there was one other runner um, who overlapped with me uh, pretty much the whole time in high school and. Um, she also went on to University of Wisconsin and, and and won a bunch of things. So there were a bunch of really, you know, the competition was really good at the time when I was in high school, and that was a lot of fun. I, I'm sure it was, and I think there's a lot of runners that kind of, <laughs> I think, uh, have had some of the same experiences with you, like, oh, we'll try you here, we'll try you there, we won't. Well, looks like you're a distance runner because you can't do anything else, so... You know, when you were finishing up high school, did it ever cross your mind to run it collegiately? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I don't know, you know, at what point I was thinking about that, but, you know, definitely my, my high school coach was really encouraged me. And that was really appealing too to, to try to get a, a scholarship with you know going to school being so expensive um, but even besides that I, I definitely wanted to run in college 
And so were you able to? I'm not sure. I couldn't find where you went to college or if you ran. I did. Um, I ran for Marquette University in Milwaukee. Oh, and wow. um, so, yeah, I, I had a scholarship for the cross-country and track teams. Um, it's a Division One school, but it's a smaller Division One school. So we had... It, I, I really liked going there um, for school, and I was, I felt really lucky that, that I could go there, you know, especially with the, the help of the athletic scholarship. The facilities at the time weren't the greatest. Um, I remember in track, our indoor track was a banked wooden track that was up above the basketball court. And it seemed like it was about 30 times around for a mile. And <laughs> during track practices, there'd be the sprinters up there and, and we'd be up there and it was just like this chaos. Um, so that definitely wasn't ideal. And then our, um, they've, they've since built a really nice outdoor track there. But when I was there, we didn't really have much of of an outdoor track even it was it was maybe a mile and a half away it was through some kind of sketchy neighborhoods and um it was just kind of a almost a rundown outdoor kind of track <laughs> so it was so the facilities weren't the greatest but it, but it was a nice place to go to school and and i was glad that i could run while i was there too well, that makes sense and I, I can I, I think a lot of kids you know for the most part would just be happy like well I'm, I'm getting to compete it may not be the the nicest place but you know like you said I mean college is really about that education and, and Marquette definitely is is known for for having some good programs there for sure and so you know like I mentioned before you're you're a chemist there at Lanel and were you studying, like, when did you know that chemistry was something you were interested in? Was that something you knew, like, when you started at Marquette, or did you come into it later? Yeah, I, I pretty much knew. I, I started out as a biochemistry major, and then um, one of the chemistry professors talked me into going straight chemistry, so I, so I did that. And now, actually, I, I do more, like... Um, information systems and computer programming so I've kind of I've kind of diverged <laughs> kind of gotten away from from being a chemist here at work but but I did I enjoyed it in school and and that was that was a great place to do it it, it was a nice size school um, the classes were pretty small so that was nice and what was that like kind of balancing you know, uh, a chemistry major, which I feel like can be tough. I know a lot of people at least feel like chemistry is a tough, uh, a tough thing and, you know, competing at a D1 level. I think it was, I remember it being a lot, um, especially because the track season is so long and then cross country, you know, consumes, quite a bit too the meet schedule isn't quite as as hectic but you're you're basically in season the whole time that you're at school you know cross country is pretty much the whole fall semester 
And then sometimes we would um, come back a little early from the winter break because there'd be a there'd be like a an early indoor meet for track. Um, so it was just hardly any time where you weren't where you weren't in season. So I think that that was kind of tiring after after a while. You know, like by the end of the school year, you're pretty tired, especially since there was a lot of travel. You know, especially in you know in track, you're you're going to meets pretty much every weekend, and and a lot of them for us were you know three four hour drives. Um, so that kind of consumes a lot of your weekend. There's a lot of driving. So yeah, definitely it was. It, it could be kind of tiring, and um, I got good at doing homework in the van when we were driving. <laughs> that makes sense. I, I I just I always wonder, you know, that balance can be such a hard thing. And I think any major, um, it, it can be tough. But I, I, there's certain things that are going to be a a little tougher than than others, obviously. And so, you know, I'm always curious about that um, that balance, really, because you know, once you get older, you're doing the same thing. You if you're continuing running, you have to balance your work life with your family life, with your running life, because they don't always intertwine. Yeah, yep, exactly. And so uh, when you when you finished up college, you know, were, did you have an idea that you wanted to continue running? And, and what did that look like? Um, I definitely wanted to continue running. Um, although I didn't, my, the coach that I had my senior year in college, he was really good. And he, um, he really encouraged me to, to start trying to do marathons. And I'm not sure I would have thought of doing that myself, or it might have seemed kind of overwhelming. But he just really encouraged me to train for one after I graduated, and, and he kind of helped me set up a training plan for that. Um, so I did that, and the first fall that I was out of college, I ran the Chicago Marathon. And then, you know, after that, I just never stopped doing doing marathons. I just kept um, doing maybe one or two a year. He thought that, um, that I could try to try for the Olympic trials qualifying time. So that was, that was kind of my focus after I graduated from college is just trying to trying to get that time so that I could go run at the trials. Oh, that's great that you had your college coach continuing to kind of encourage you. How long did he continue to help kind of set up your training programs? Um, I would say for a couple years, you know, and then I kind of, I kind of had the idea, you know, and then I just was kind of coaching myself. Um, beyond that but he he got me started and kind of the basics of setting up a training program so that was great now i'm assuming that you moved to los alamos because of a, a position at um los alamos national laboratory uh but it, but is that why yes yeah so after i after i graduated from college i went to graduate school at the university of kansas and then after I finished there, 
you know, then I was looking for places to go and I was able to come to Los Alamos for a postdoc. And um, I just loved that it was in the mountains and it was real outdoor friendly kind of place. Um, and, and then I had a chance to do some work at a, at a really good group here. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's pretty, there's a ton of places to be able to, to run and, and train there. And I mean, I've, I've only, I've known a couple of people who have worked in Los Alamos and they, they've always had nice things to say about the atmosphere there. So it sounds awesome. Yeah, I just really, um, I love running on the trails. You know, as soon as, even when I was at University of Kansas, it doesn't sound like there would be a lot of trails there, but there were actually some really nice trails to run on there. There was um, Clinton Lake State Park, which was just a little bit out of town, and it had some nice single track trails. And then there was there were some trails um, right along the Kansas River, and those were great too. And I just, loved running on those so i was excited when i got here because there's there's trails everywhere and pretty much no no matter where you live in town you're you're not far away from a trailhead right and and so you you've been in los alamos now for for over 20 years right right and what was that first i mean you said you you fell in love with the mountains and and having the trails around you know, but what was it like kind of, you know, really coming out and, and running at, you know, that elevation after being in, you know, Wisconsin and Kansas, you know, what was that transition like? Um, I think mainly, you know, I never, I seem to adapt pretty well to the elevation. Um, I did actually do the, the Pikes Peak Ascent once when I was still living in Kansas and um i never you know i I did okay up higher i didn't have um some of the effects that some people have the main thing i noticed is you know it's it's slower and so you come from somewhere where you're just running on the road fast all the time and then you come here and you get you know a a really good workout at a much slower pace and I think it just took me a while to settle into what the appropriate pace was here because I think it would be easy um, when you come here to almost burn yourself out or overtrain because your legs are used to going so fast but if you try to do that pace here up at altitude with all the hills it'd be like you're doing a a temple run every day or something. Um, right. <laughs> so I think that was the main thing to, to try to get used to and to realize that your easy run training pace is, is going to be a lot slower. <laughs> I, I, I think that would be good advice. Like it's not, I wouldn't have thought of it that way. I always think of like, you know, just, you know, how, how did you get used to the altitude and the breathing? But you know, I forget about the paces because it is, it is a completely, it can be a completely different, um, you know, set of paces for sure. Yeah. I mean, on the road, on the road, it is somewhat, but then, you know, when you start doing more mountain running, um, 
like like I like to do now, then that's just completely different. You know, like the pace per mile, which you you know don't really worry about or pay attention too much when you're on the trail or doing mountain running. But but if you did, if you're still kind of fixated on that from doing sea level road running, that's kind of a big mental adjustment, I would say, to to kind of get your head wrapped around where you should be at or, you know, how, how slow it really is. <laughs> and that, that does make sense. I can, I can see that. You know, you talked about doing Pikes Peak, you know, once when you were still in Kansas. When did you kind of get the idea, you know, you were doing these marathons, but when did you get the idea that maybe these kind of trail marathons and, and trail runs would be kind of something you would enjoy? Um, I would say when I moved out here, when I did the, the Pikes Peak race, you know, back when I was living at sea level, I remember thinking I did it very conservatively because I, I just didn't know what to expect or what I was getting into. I, I ran with a running group um, in Kansas and a bunch of them were going to come and they talked me into going. Um, so I went, I went and did it and I felt like I did really well considering that I didn't do that kind of training or, you know, did, had never experienced it before. So then when I knew I was moving out here, I was excited to try it again because I knew that um, the kind of training that you could do around here would definitely prepare you more for that than, than what I could do where I'd been living before. So I, I think kind of when I moved out here, I was just excited to try the kind of races that I could train for in, in this place. And how did your training kind of change from going from, you know, those road marathons to now kind of more of these trail mountain marathons? Um, I think the biggest change was, you know, with the, the long runs that I was doing. And when I first came, um, there was a, there was like an informal trail running series. I, I don't know that they have that anymore, but it, at the time it was Charlie Thorne here in Los Alamos who was kind of organizing those. Um, he might be a good one to talk to also if, if he's around. Yeah. So he used to organize those and I went to some of those and, and they were just so much longer than anything that I had experienced. and. A lot of the people running those, they were training for the Hard Rock 100 race. So they were kind of set up to be pretty long um, mountain runs to serve as, you know, training runs for for people training for these longer races. And I had just never done anything like that before. And it just requires you to think about logistics that you're you're not necessarily thinking about in a road marathon for example you're fueling i mean in, in a road marathon you know i i do take gels or you drink gatorade and you do have to worry about those things um but it's just even more critical when you're you're going to be out for longer you you can't be, get behind in hydration or calories you can't get away with getting behind as much um, as for something on the road where you're going to be done in a lot shorter time. Um, so all that stuff, I, I just, 
I wasn't familiar with any of that. Um, and then just some of the really steep things where you're better off hiking at times. That's a requires a, a shift in your mental thinking as well. You know, when you come from the world where you're trying to train for these really fast, shorter races, you know, you would it would never occur to you to to think that you were going to be walking, you know, and then when you're doing something where you're going to be out there for four or five hours and it's there's some really steep technical sections, then that's something that makes sense. Hey, that's one thing I always kind of wondered about that transition and, and going from, like you said, like being on the roads and because I haven't I haven't really done any um, trail running, just, a, you know, little things here and there. But that transition from I have to be running, I have to be moving, I have to be going fast to maybe it is better that I hike this section because in the long run, it's going to make sure I'm, I'm better set up for, you know, this portion or the end or, or whatever it is. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's always kind of a calculation in your mind because, you know, especially in, in a race where you know there's, there's going to be a nice downhill section that's not very technical with a good grade that you can, you know, really fly down and, and make up time. And then maybe there's some other section that's real steep and technical and you don't you don't gain much by running it compared to walking it, but you might really tire yourself out so that you can't take advantage of this nice downhill section later. So I think there's always that calculation in your mind of, you know, when is it better to conserve? You know, when, when are you in a, a portion where you can go ahead and try to work really hard on it, but not really gain gain very much time and you're, you're better off using that energy somewhere else. Did you find yourself kind of, I guess, using the knowledge, like when you had done like Pike's Peak, you know, five times, you know, winning, like you kind of had an idea of where those places were, I would, I would assume, you know, were okay, I know here is a, is a better place to to hike and not kind of waste my energy. Did you kind of have those planned out, you know, in some of those races you did multiple times? Yeah, I think so. You know, I, in a trail run, knowing the course, it is a huge advantage. So when I've, you know, when I've trained for races up here in Los Alamos, for example, you know, I'll make sure that I, do a lot of training and workouts right on the course because I think having that knowledge is just such a huge advantage. And so, yeah, for for races that you know were out of town, but I did them multiple times, it, it definitely helped. You know, even the second time doing it compared to the first because you you know what to expect and you have a better idea of how to distribute your your energy, I guess, or or where you're really going to exert yourself that makes sense and going back kind of to the fueling you know i know with more of the like ultra marathons obviously you've got the fueling's a little bit different but how did that work with with the trail marathons like pikes peak or or leadville 
you know, were you still kind of mostly mostly relying on on gels, or were you incorporating, you know, other kind of food into that? I was just um, relying on things like gels. I don't remember exactly what I was using, but but yeah, that kind of thing. Um, even when I've done longer stuff, I've mainly just relied on those things too. I, I haven't I haven't um, had a wide variety of of things to eat that that seems like it works for me and it does it it doesn't make my stomach upset you know I think there's for some people certain things if they just keep eating them like for a race that's you know most of the day long it it starts it could upset your stomach but but I haven't had that experience with with the gels that I use so I, I've just kind of stuck with them even for something really long well that's good I again I always you know the feeling because it is so different from the roads it's it's just you know fascinating you know when I talk to people and they're like oh yeah I, I had some ramen or I had a pickle some chips I had some soda I had, you know it's this list of things I'm like wait you can eat that and still go run <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I think it's really individual too you know and I mean personal preference what tastes good to you I think the main thing is is you just you don't go into a race and try something that you haven't tried before you know, unless it's going really, really badly, <laughs> you get to the aid station <laughs> and you have nothing to lose, you know, that's different. But, you know, if things are going well, um, I think you just stick with what you've tried before and not chance something that's that's brand new. I, I think that makes sense for sure. <laughs> uh, so, you know, going back want to go through some of these races a little bit like i said you were a five-time pikes peak marathon champion um i i think at one point you held the the course record too right no um the the marathon record was um held by lynn bjorkland actually she lives up here in los alamos too um and oh. she had that record for years and years and years yeah so she'd be a good one to talk to also um yeah <laughs> and then um the year that i ran the fastest which was in 2003 um i came in second there was another runner from scotland um she had been the world mountain running champion the year before um, but both of us had I think at the time she maybe had the second fastest time and I had the third. Okay. Then, since then, um, Lynn Bjorklund's record has been broken. I don't remember who broke it. And there's been some other times that I believe are probably faster than mine. So I don't know. I don't know where, where that performance stands on the all time list right now. Um, but yeah, the, the, for all the years that I ran it, Lynn Bjorklund's record still stood. Okay. I, I, like, I think it was, I think I was looking at that 2003 one where you came second, and I think that's what I was thinking about. What did you enjoy about that, that marathon, you know, that 
because it's it, you know it's up and down so you're going up the mountain then coming down the downhill which it seems like it could be a little um hard on the legs yes i i i don't know if i can imagine doing that now because <laughs> yeah i mean you're it's almost eight thousand feet that you're coming back down and that is really a pounding and I remember being really sore the next day, not just my legs, but my whole body, you know, just like my biceps were really sore after that race, just <laughs> muscles that you didn't expect would get sore from running. Everything was sore. So it was definitely a toll on the body, the downhill part. Um, I, it just, at the time it was such a, classic mountain race to do and just the whole atmosphere there was was really unique um the runners pretty much take over manitou springs over that weekend and it's just such a big deal there and it's really exciting when you're running to the finish line because it seems like there's people lined up for almost a mile just cheering you on and that's really unusual for a for a mountain race or a trail race. And then I think there's just something about when when you drive into town and you can see Pikes Peak from Manitou Springs and with that much vertical, you know, it just looks really impressive compared to a lot of mountains. And I just remember seeing it the day before, a couple days before, and just, it, it just looked, like it was going to be impossible to, to get up there and back down. It, it just looked like such a long ways away. And so it, there's just kind of an extra feeling of accomplishment, I think, by the time you finish that race, because you could see where you were going to be going and coming back. And, and that was it, it, it. It's a real destination that has meaning when you're, when you're going up to the top in the mountain and coming back as opposed to it had more meaning for me uh, compared to something like a road marathon where the the start and finish line is kind of arbitrary right. that was you know your your um your destination is to go to the top of the mountain and it, so it's a very meaningful um place you know to turn around I, I can see that, you know, in, in that sense of you talking about it and just, all right, I need to get to the top and you reach the top and you turn around like, okay, now I just need to get down. And I think um, like there's something simplistic about that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. That's so, you know, how did, how did that compare to the Leadville marathon? You know, what is that marathon like? Um, so that one, that one was beautiful. I, I really loved the, the scenery. It kind of went, it went up towards Mosquito Pass. I don't think we quite went to the top of the pass. There was just some turnaround. Um, I'm guessing it was to, you know, make it the appropriate distance. But the, the views that you got on that course were just just amazing so i i enjoyed that one too 
Um, but yeah, it's a little bit different, a little bit different than Pikes Peak. You're not, um, you know, going to the top of one specific mountain and back down. It was, it was more of kind of a, a loop course at the time. And then you went near the top of Mosquito Pass and then you came back down in some kind of another kind of loop. I don't know that the course is the same um, anymore, but, but I think it's probably in the same general area. Right. I, some of, I mean, the, the thing, a lot of these trail runs, you know, that's the one thing that always comes up is just how beautiful they are. You know, like you said, the, the views, the everything. And, you know, I don't know how, how crowded, you know, some of these are, you know, when I talk about like the ultra marathons, I know they get pretty spread out and you could be by yourself, you know, until you're at the next aid station. How crowded do these do the trail marathons get? They're still pretty, pretty spread out. I would say, you know, even Pikes Peak, it gets pretty spread out. You know, initially it's kind of crowded, and then the other place you notice is when you turn around from the top. There's there's two way traffic. You know, I would say for the first few miles, um, but you know, compared to a a road race it's still pretty it's still pretty uh spread out and just a lot a lot different feeling to it right so in 2004 you were the usatf women's mountain running champ and so that was in at um mount washington right right what was that race like and, and what did it mean to win that um, so that race is, is actually on the road, but oh. it's, it, it goes up the, the road to Mount Washington, but it's really, really steep and it's seven and a half miles, I think. So that was, that's kind of in line with, um, the mountain running, the mountain running qualifying races and then also the U.S. mountain, or not the U.S., the world mountain running race, they tend to be kind of those shorter lengths and they're very steep. Um, at least when I was doing it, I don't know if this is still the case, but every other year was an uphill year and then the other years the course would be up and down. So the year that I did it, the world mountain running race was going to be uphill, uphill only. And so <clears throat> they had Mount Washington be one of the selection races since that's just an uphill only race and it's very steep. Um, so I had never been out that far east before and that was beautiful. I, I enjoyed being in New Hampshire and um, it was raining pretty hard before the start and then it let up luckily when when we started and it was so cold at the top <laughs> because of that um but i i didn't know what to expect and i was actually surprised about my placing there i was second overall but the um i was the first american so that's why i got the oh, okay the usatf championship so yeah I was really excited I just really didn't expect to be that far up in the placing 
And so then you, you got selected to the US mountain running team and it was in in Italy. So what was that like? That was um that was definitely a new experience for me. Um I'd never been to Europe. That's well, I never have since either. That was that was the only time I'd been to Europe. And um the race is a little it just feels different than some of the mountain runs here. The the mountain running scene was just huge over there. I mean, it's gotten pretty big in the United States now, but at the time it was it was not as big, but over in Europe it was just this huge deal and there was lots of mountain running series and you know, I think it was more common for people over the, there to be semi-professional mountain runners essentially um so it it just had a different it had a different feeling about it i'm not sure exactly what and i guess the team aspect of it was a little new to me too when we got over there everybody on the team stayed in the same hotel and they they served our meals there too and it, the meals were scheduled so everybody you know would go to breakfast or lunch or dinner at the same time and then there were some other um, teams from other countries there too so everybody would just go to this big dining room um, and they would serve the meal and I guess in in the normal way of Europe, there were tons of courses for some of the meals. So it seemed like it, it seemed like we spent a lot of our day eating. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, like lunch would take an hour and a half or two hours or something, it seemed like. Um, so that was, I had heard about that, but, but I never really experienced that before. And so I, I think I, I ended up eating a lot more than I, I normally would. And I was just, I was kind of worried, you know, the day of the race, because I think our, they had separate races for senior women, senior men, junior women, junior men. And we weren't until, you know, maybe noon or something. And, you know, I was kind of worried that my, my consumption of Nutella at breakfast was <laughs> not going to be good for a good race. <laughs> Cause you know, just, if you're sitting, if you're sitting there for that long, you, you just can't help but eat a lot of Nutella. <laughs> well, I know, you know, uh, a lot of athletes and runners are no exception. You know, we're creatures of habit. And so, you know, if you're used to kind of having runs in the morning and having your, your meals at set times and, and things, it can, um, they can throw you off to kind of have to wait like that. Yeah, it was hard, to, you know, because you're you're on a different schedule, and then the, the, there was the whole, you know, jet lag kind of thing. I mean, in hindsight, I kind of wish, or if I were to do it again, I'd probably want to get there a little earlier than I did too. The the travel to me is a little bit stressful, especially since. When I got there, I, I didn't really know where I was going and I didn't speak the language. And then with the jet lag, it, it would have been nice to maybe have a couple more days to 
to get some sleep and to kind of decompress from the trip. How early, like how much time before the race did you guys arrive? I, it, it was different for, for, for different people. We didn't all like uh, travel over together, but for me, I think I got there. I might've only gotten there the day before or two days before. Maybe it was two days, like the evening, the evening of two days before, I would say. Okay. Wow. That is quick. Yeah, it was. So it's, so I think it was, I think I could have used more time. Right. And so how did that race go? It was, it went okay. I, I think for me, it was. I, I was happy with it considering that it was such a new thing for me, but I remember it just feeling really hard, not, not in a bad way, but you know, like when you have a, when you have a really, really good race, a lot of times everything just feels really good. And it wasn't like that, but it wasn't a bad, it wasn't a bad race either. It was a good solid race, but it wasn't something where, you know, I just felt fantastic. Um, the start was really fast, which I had been warned about, and that's hard for me to deal with because I, I just, I don't have that gear and I usually just end up starting slow, but in that race, it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to catch up. And I think I, I had done a lot of racing that summer, including I did Pikes Peak Marathon and that was only about three weeks before that race too. So that probably wasn't optimal um, <laughs> either. You know, I, I think if I had been training exclusively for that race, um, I probably would have done things different, differently than what I did. So I, I think I went into it a little bit tired too. But all in all, um, I, I think it went well, you know, with all things considered. Well, that makes sense. And you get, you were uh third as a team right yeah well, that's pretty i mean that's pretty cool to be part of a team that that gets a bronze medal at, at a world championship yeah that was really exciting and so did you get like a like usa gear as well yeah we we got um we had jackets and i didn't know about this either but after after the race they had some huge banquet thing and i guess the tradition was for uh people to trade jackets from with with teams from other countries and i didn't do that because this was my first and it turns out only time right they went to one of these things and so i wanted my jacket but there were people that had been there multiple times and they would trade their trade gear with with people from other countries so that was kind of interesting um and then that that banquet thing was really long um they they also had a lot of courses for eating there as well and so i think it started maybe about seven at night i'm gonna say and by midnight they still hadn't gotten to the main course 
And I had to get up for an early flight the next morning. And so I remember that I just said, well, I, I'm just going to have to go home and eat some of that chocolate I bought. That's <laughs> what <laughs> I ended up doing for dinner because they just, it, it was like it took an hour for each course or something. It was just, that was, that was all very new for me. Wow, I can, <laughs> I can only imagine that sounds amazing and frustrating at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think, you know, over there, that that's just the way, that's just the way they, they did stuff. And, you know, I think probably everybody was used to staying up really, really late for eating too. And, you know, I just wasn't. And then, you know, the fact that I had to, had to travel the next day, I just couldn't. I couldn't stick around for the whole thing. Yeah, that I, it sounds like an amazing experience. Um, yeah, yeah, it really was. You know, I, w- I want to jump back for a moment. So this was all in 2004. So I want to jump back into 2003 real quick. In 2003, you set your marathon PR at Chicago Marathon with a, a 241.42, and that qualified you for the Olympic trials. And so you had talked about this, you know, in the very beginning about this kind of being a goal since college, you know, that that was something you and your college coach were were working you towards. He was helping you out. So what did it mean to, to qualify for that? Oh, that was just, that was the most incredible feeling because it it just took me such a long time a lot (laughs) a lot of tries um so to finally be able to do that was was just amazing and actually the I had qualified the year before at Tucson and then Chicago I was I mean I my time qualified me again um and that was just really exciting because I um I was able to cut a bunch more time off but yeah, the feeling that the, the first time that I qualified at Tucson, I could just hardly believe that I was going to finally, finally be able to get in underneath, below the cutoff. I, I can imagine. I mean, I, that's, that's the goal for, I think, most marathoners, right? To be able to run those trials and, and see what you've got against the best of, of the country. Yeah, it's just, ex- it's exciting because there's, because you have to earn your place there. And I think that's the same for, I mean, there's other things like that, you know, people wanting to qualify for Boston or, or something similar, you know, there's, I think just having something where you have to qualify to get there definitely is makes it meaningful. Right. You can't just, you know, register, put that money in. You've got to, you've got to show what you can do as well. That makes sense. And so, you know, going into that that marathon trial, so you had already qualified um, in Tucson and then you cut off time in in Chicago. Were you feeling pretty good about maybe, you know, dropping some more time at the trials? Yeah, I I was hoping to. I'm I'm sure probably (laughs) everybody's hoping for that. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And and where was it that year? I don't remember uh, where 2004 was. Oh, was held. Um, the women's was in um, St. Louis. 
Okay. Then we still had the, the women's and the men's were on a different day and in a different place. Like I think maybe the men's were in, I want to say Birmingham, Alabama that year or something like that. Since then, I think they've tried to, they've combined them and I think they've tried to make them a part of a bigger event so that there's more visibility. So like one year they, they had it the day before Boston in Boston. Um, but when I ran it, they just, they had their own separate location. Um, and it wasn't really associated with, with another big event. That's interesting. I didn't realize that at the time, but you know, it's hard. It's, you know, you look back at just last year at the, in a, um, in Atlanta, and it was, I mean, there were races going on throughout the weekend. There was a huge event. The men and women started, you know, not that far apart from each other. Like it, it was, it was a big thing. It was, and it was amazing to to watch. Yeah, I think they've just they've really tried to to um, to make it more visible you know, and, and, and do a better job of marketing. And so I, I think that was the reason for for doing it in the format that they do now uh, compared to when I ran it. Right. And that, I mean, that makes sense to, you mean, <laughs> the more visibility, the more people are going to want to shoot for that, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, yeah, 2004 was a was a pretty big year. You you were the mountain running champ for USATF. You were part of the mountain running team that got bronze. You competed at the Olympic marathon trials, uh, finishing 34th. Uh, I think that year you set your half marathon PR at the Arizona Rock and Roll Half at a 117. Um, so, and that 2004, I did, and that was another Pikes Peak Marathon champ. I mean, that was a big year for you. <laughs> That was, yeah. I would say, I mean, you know, in hindsight, 2003, 2004, I would say was was my my peak <laughs> for racing. Oh, that's, I mean, that's pretty amazing. I, I, like I've said, you've, you've done a lot and and to have these these kind of laurels where you've you've been at the top, um, it, it, it must. I guess feel you know not it feel good. I mean, every runner wants to have you know something, but you know what does running kind of mean to you, just in a general sense? I I think it's a lot. You know, it just feels like it's been who I who I am for such a long time, and I really um, dedicated a lot of my free time <clears throat> towards that, and it's also it feels more than just a hobby it's it's definitely a lifestyle you know and then it as i was saying before too as far as the health benefits to me i see it as almost like a prescription that i have to always be taking so yeah i i think it's 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 been so many things and you know this last year you know most people had <laughs> races and, and competitions that they weren't able to do and you know kind of looking past that do you have anything set up for the horizon for 2021 
I don't right now. I, I've kind of struggled with injuries the, the past few years, and I'm doing a lot more cross-training right now. And so I would like to get to the point where I can um, do some of the workouts that I feel like I need to do to, to be prepared for a race. That would be that would be my goal to be able to do that, you know, without re-injuring anything. Um, and if I can get to, get to that point, then I would like to start thinking about doing a, a, a race again. But right now I'm, I'm just trying to, you know, stay, stay fit and, um, you know, get myself to the point where I, where I can do the kind of training that I need to. And in the meantime, I'm, I'm enjoying a bunch of other things too, like um, biking and tried some rock climbing and um, actually got to go out skiing once this winter and just try to do things that support being more of a, a total athlete and, and then just get everything back and working in good operating order and then hopefully I can keep doing a little bit more and faster running as time goes on. Well that's great. It sounds like you are definitely taking you know trying to take care of yourself and you, you kind of answered that that question there and the things you were you were finding time to enjoy because I think a lot of runners can get caught up in well I can't run as much as I want to or, or be out on the trails as much as I want to so what does that mean and it can it can get uh you know runners can go through low low points and I get you know get a little depressed with that so I'm, I'm glad you found some things to kind of keep you you know going and and focused on on the long-term goals yeah definitely um it, it's been a lot of fun and you know some of and then I you know I find at this point if I if I do more cross training, then um, the days that I do run, I feel a lot better than when I'm just trying to force the running in all the time. Um, so that's good. So then the running's the running's more enjoyable then. That's that's great. You know, want to jump back real quick for a second before we wrap things up. You know, just to touch on on the law loose again. You were a five-time champ there. Uh, what did you enjoy about the Lalus races and runs? Um, well, I I like that one because it's uphill only. <laughs> um, <laughs> just, I just really like that trail. Um, it has a lot of variety. You know, down at the bottom, it's like you're in the desert and then you just make your way up to the top where you're you know, not not quite a tree line, but but you're you're getting up pretty high, and there's just a lot of variety along the way. Um, so yeah, I guess I just really like the trail, and and that trail run has a a really nice atmosphere about it too. It's it's not real big, but it, it's big enough to be really competitive and exciting. Um, yeah, and then just the the trail itself is is just really nice. Yeah, I think I mean a lot of people enjoy that trail. I think there's just like you said there's just a lot to enjoy about it. The views on it, the the difficulty, the you know everything is just it it's it's wonderful. 
Um, so like I said, I mean, I, I think this is a great place to wrap up. I know there's, you know, a few things we didn't quite get to, but I, I, I really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, but I do have one more question for you. And that is, uh, you know, what are you listening to to kind of get you going, get you moving, maybe get you out that door? Um, well, I, I've really been enjoying listening to Mark Knopfler. And I have a lot of a lot of his songs on my playlist, especially some of the, you know, when it, Dire Straits was pretty big when I was in, you know, in high school, junior high. And I didn't... I didn't appreciate them or, or notice them as much then, but but now um, I I really like the the music that he's created. You know, even since since the band existed. I haven't listened to any of his solo stuff, so I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I really like it. He's he's made a lot of albums um, since then, and you know I think. There's YouTube videos of him still out in concert, you know, I'd say in the last couple years or so. Wow. Well, cool. I'll have to check that out. Um, you know, again, thank you for your time. This has been a lot of fun. I, I learned a lot about, you know, you and and, and your um, history and, and kind of marathon, you know, race, uh, mountain racing. I, I didn't know a whole lot about it beforehand, so... Um, thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to add before I let you go? No, I can't think of anything. I, we covered a lot and I, I had a lot of fun and thank you very much. I'd once again like to thank my guest for their time and thank you for tuning in. If you have the opportunity please rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts or just help spread the word. Music was provided by Philip Friedman. You can follow him on SoundCloud at DJ Teach. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at RunningNM. Feel free to drop me a line or shoot me an email at runningnewmexico at gmail.com if you have any questions or know of someone who should be interviewed. In the meantime... Keep running, New Mexico.